Hello and welcome to the Android Central Podcast. My name is Daniel Bader and uh, sorry in advance for the echoey environment. Uh, I had a hardware fail right before we started podcasting, so I'm, I had to shift some things around and uh, don't have the same level of sound absorption. But uh, no matter, because uh, I have plenty of people to help me absorb the sound of my voice on this show. Uh, I mean, starting you still with sound better than me. Starting with Jerry Hildenbrand, how are you? I am great, and I absorb everything. How are you? You do. That's exactly the answer I was hoping for. I'm good. See? I'm all right. As- aside from the... It's ironic, because I've been using a Huawei computer uh, to record my podcast, and this week there's a lot of Huawei news, including a laptop uh, or a, ta- a tablet that mimics every iOS design trend in the last five years, uh, along with a new Huawei watch, which we'll get to. But uh, my Huawei computer did not manage to keep up. Maybe the um, internet in China went down, so you can't phone home. Not going there. Aro okay. he- Wagoner, how are you? I am hot. It's hot here in Florida and muggy because we've been we've actually had rain today, which is lovely, except for the fact that it means I can't go to Epcot tonight. I that totally too should bad. have said I was hot. <laughs> you are hot, Jerry. Uh, but somebody who's actually hot uh, is uh, Adam Molina, who's a first-time guest on the podcast. How are you, dude? I'm good. Thanks for having me and calling yeah, me no hot. Yeah, no worries. I appreciate it. Um, so <laughs> tell tell people who don't know you uh, a little bit about what you do, because I'm excited because this is a this is going to be an audio-focused show, and uh, you are well-steeped in that world. Yeah, so I wrote for Sound Guys for four or five years over at Android Authority as well, uh, covering pretty much all of the audio products. And now I work for MKBHD. I'm the podcast producer, so I'm the audio guy around here. Right. So you work with David Amell, also formerly Android Authority, and our... Your very own. Our dude. Oh, hi, Otto. We miss him. <laughs> Will do. I told him I was coming on. He was like, oh, I'm so jealous. <laughs> you could have brought him with you. Yeah, you could just sit on your lap like a little like a little puppet. <laughs> He'll be my ventriloquist dummy. Yeah, yeah, you can <laughs> pipe in whenever you need to say the word yeet. <laughs> so I wanted you on the show because Ara and I were thinking of topics to discuss in a relatively slow week. And obviously a few weeks ago, Apple just came out on, I think it was like a Monday morning, and they were just like, here, have free, lossless Apple Music. You know, we're not going to charge you extra for it. Later that day, Amazon said the same thing. They're going to upgrade Amazon Music Unlimited customers to lossless um, for free, even though they currently have like an extra, you know, paid tier for that right now. And um, Spotify earlier this year said that it would also offer a hi-fi tier for its customers, though it did not specify whether it would be free, but I imagine now it's going to have to. Mm. Apple also announced during that same uh, press release that it would be expanding its spatial audio feature, Dolby Atmos, essentially, um, into its Apple Music tier. Right now it's available in some, uh, some film, like some shows and and movies on on an Apple TV, but not so much on the music side. So I wanted to get you on here to talk just about 
the space in general. Mm-hmm. As somebody who reviews a lot of headphones or used to, has a lot of audio equipment, what's your thoughts on it? Um, and just in general, like whether it's going to make a difference because lossless has been this, it's it's sort of like this obelisk in the different in, in the distance that all audiophiles kind of try to achieve. And whether they do it through ripping their own CDs and storing them in lossless FLAC files or paying for Tidal or Cubas or one of the other, you know, Deezer, Hi-Fi, whatever. And just out of the gate, like what are, what's your thought on lossless in general and whether it does actually make a difference when you're listening to it? Oh, that I'm going to get some hate mail <laughs> for this. <laughs> yeah, just dive, dive right into the fire, Adam. Dive right in. Let's go. Um, I don't hear a difference. It's blasphemy. I know. I'm, I'm out. Bye. <laughs> I do not hear a difference when I hear, when you jump from regular CD quality to above. I don't really hear that difference from 16 to 24 bits. But if you're jumping from Bluetooth or some random streaming service like YouTube, and then you go to CD quality, that is a big difference. That is what I think is going to be the most important one. The fact that most people, like I think Apple made the whole library now, 16 bits, 44.1 CD quality. That mm. is going to be pretty big for just people listening every day. They're going to notice that difference, I think. But beyond that, I don't think it's going to have a huge difference unless you actually care and have the equipment, which that's why Apple is pretty much winning when they do this move because they don't even charge you for that. Before, if you cared, you had to pay for Amazon HD Music. You had to pay for Tidal, something like that. Now, as long as you have the Apple Music subscription, you already have it. And if you already happen to care and have the equipment, you're good. The equipment there is a bit of a hang-up, though, because most people with an iPhone right now likely do not have the equipment to listen to this audio the way it was meant to be experienced. Yep. Because, I mean, like, even those fancy new, like, $400 headphones that Apple put out a couple months ago, they can't do the lossless quality. And that blows my mind. A a dongle (laughs) can fix all that, though. You can spend $25 and you can make your good headphones. Yeah, they just can't call it lossless because technically it, like, converts from analog to digital and back or something. So, Mm -hmm. but it's essentially very similar. But yeah, 550, you can't even listen to it. It's crazy. <laughs> so let, let's let's like, I, I, I don't want to dive right into the Apple side. I, I want to come back to that a bit later. But I want to talk high level here. So, you know, the industry has gone from physical media to physical media, right? We've gone from vinyl to, uh, you know, 8-track to tape to CD and, and there was Laserdisc and the mini disc and a whole bunch of other, you know, inter interlopers that didn't last very long. And then MP3s, you know, in the nineties basically took audio data stripped from CDs and just made it very, very lossy, right? Like we're talking 56 K, you know, 128 kilobit was, was the standard right? And anything else, 160. I remember being really happy if I could find something that was 192 kilobytes, <laughs> kilobits per second. Later on, Apple introduced dynamic um, dynamic MP3s, and the industry sort of just settled on 
variable bitrate and the fact that most songs could be compressed in a way that would find opportunities to compress certain parts of the song when, you know, in patches where there wasn't a lot going on, mm. some frequencies would get shaved off and it would still be a pretty high quality uh, track. And we've basically stayed there, right? Streaming has adopted this variable bitrate mechanism. And most people, when they play something through Spotify or Apple Music, that's what they're getting. They're getting decent quality variable bitrate, not MP3s, because those aren't the most uh, high efficiency compressed files, but like something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Spotify uses Og Vorbis, if I'm correct. Yeah, Og Vorbis, it's an yeah. open source standard. It is a, it's, it's more efficient than MP3. But now that we have, you know, Tidal's been around forever, but I'm just wondering, from your perspective, when somebody sees the idea of lossless, this is a business decision to market this tier to people, right? Lossless is a way for Spotify and Apple and Amazon to get back to CD quality. This is not necessarily for audiophiles. It's for people who just want a little bit more and are Mm -hmm. able to use wired headphones to get there. But I guess the question is, when you look at something like this, is this a conversion mechanism that you think will be effective in bringing more people over to streaming? Or is it just the end of the road? There's literally nothing else that Spotify or Apple can offer from the streaming perspective without going back and saying, hey, for every every song that you play, we'll like send you a CD in the mail. <laughs> um, no, I think more of it right now is just kind of a marketing ploy, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think most people care. It's just a cool new thing that they can tout to say, look at what we have. If you cared about lossless audio already, this might l- try and convince you to start trying out lossless streaming online. But if you really care about lossless audio, you have a ginormous CD or MP or a mm. flat collection that you listen to on high-end equipment. So I, I think this is something that they're trying to lure in more of the enthusiasts. But for everybody else, it's just kind of like, oh, cool, what next? Well, my, my biggest question is, what are they going to do with all the people who are so excited about, you know, I'll, I'll say Spotify and, and Amazon Music because it's more Android specific. That are all excited that they're going to have better sound, but they're still using their $30, you know, Bluetooth headphones. <laughs> and they say, oh, this still sounds like crap because they're not explaining you know, that you need equipment to take advantage of this. Yeah, I guess that that's what it comes down to, right? With the ubiquity of Bluetooth-based headphones and Apple's acknowledgement that you can't really do lossless over Bluetooth. I mean, even LDAC, which is touted as one of the most high-quality Bluetooth-based compression algorithms, is not truly lossless. Mm. It, it is just higher quality than something like SBC or... AAC or or even Aptex HD. And we can go through those codecs in a minute because I, I, I want to talk about the impact that Bluetooth has had on sound quality over the years. But I still want to just like beat this horse 
so that we can get over this topic and, and talk more broadly. But one one thing I, I wanted to note was our colleague, Jeremy Johnson, he wrote a piece that talked to a bunch of um, industry analysts about why Amazon and Apple and, and even Spotify are introducing these lossless tiers. And it really does seem like they that's like what I mentioned. They don't really have a choice because the streaming portion has been commodified, commoditized. Um, and for people who can go that extra mile and get the equipment that's needed, this is basically just a way to appease them, to prevent them from going to title. Um, it's, it's keeping them locked in a bit, a, a bit more easily. And Jerry, I, I wonder when you, like you're, you're the audiophile, you know, about high quality music gear. I like um, to think so, but you know how that goes. <laughs> right. I mean, it is a lot of it is subjective, but like when you say, when, when you have the option of listening to something lossless, what goes through your mind? Like, does it make a difference to you? Do you, do you pair lossless with a specific group of audio equipment? Yes, and uh, specific groups of music, you know, different genres. Uh, I'm going to come right up front and say that, you know, Adam said one thing absolutely correct. Most people aren't going to notice the difference because most people aren't listening to music like classical music or progressive rock. Mm. If, if, if I take, and I have special equipment, I have an old phone that has a good amplifier and a good DAC and a good set of headphones. I like to listen to lossless music on that. Maybe some Emerson, Lake and Palmer or something like that. If I'm just turning on music for, to spend the day, man, I just throw on Bluetooth headphones and just use the phone in front of me. And yeah, sometimes there's a difference in, you know, you, you hear artifacts or something, but most of the time it's just good enough. Uh, I do pay title for HD music just for those few times that I want it. But mostly I, I rip my own music when I want to keep something at high quality. I'm, I just use streaming the way we've always used streaming. It, it fills a need and it works. So, Adam, I, I want to go back to your days at, at Sound Guys because you spent a lot of time reviewing products. And mm -hmm. you were there when, you know, the Bluetooth era really kicked off. I'm Obviously, it, it it's been around for a very long time. But... Um, you know, Bluetooth headphones have come into their own over the last few years, true wireless earbuds in particular. Mm -hmm. I wonder whether you noticed over the five or so years, um, how long were you there, by the way? Uh, yeah, about five and a half years. Five and a <laughs> half years. The, you know, the, the actual source material didn't change too much, right? Streaming was still, you know, pretty mediocre VBR quality. Mm. But over the five years that you that, that you were there, did you notice a, a significant increase in the quality of output from various companies making Bluetooth headphones? Not really. The only one that I did notice trying at least was what I, I felt like Sony. Mm -hmm. Like it seemed like everyone else was trying to add more features and they just kind of assumed the sound quality was good enough and they were just going with what they had. But Sony was actually marketing like high res and LDAC and they had their own proprietary Bluetooth codec and all these things. 
Um, Master and Dynamic also sound pretty good, but they were a little too expensive for how how they sounded. They mainly focused on, I don't know, the material build and things like that. Uh, Bose was just all active noise uh-huh. canceling. They didn't care about sound. So <laughs> it was more that's the trend that I noticed in my time there was everything just kind of staying the same sound quality wise for the most part and just adding extra features around that. I like Adam. He needs to come on every week. <laughs> <laughs> You're more than welcome. Um, because I'm tired of you, Jerry. Hey, that's uh, fine. He's a, he's a fine replacement. Yeah, no. As long he, as he I, keeps I saying things like that. Just no, keep I, 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 I just want to touch on this because it's, it's really interesting. Like, obviously, we were competing with you in, in some ways for, like, the best headphones of 2020 or whatever. Like, those, mm. those guides. And you always, I always respect how much work you guys put into your reviews. You did a lot of objective testing to find. And that was most of my day. <laughs> right. I mean, you, you, you had the, you had the, the, um, equipment to really go deep onto, you know, and how a headphone sounds, the frequency response, um, you know, it's, it's isolation levels, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how that impacted the way that you listen to music, how you review products and ultimately what you enjoy about the music that you listen to, because I imagine it's sort of like reading a book for school where, you know, if you're constantly reminded that you have to be noticing how the author is constructing the sentences, it does take a little bit away from the enjoyment of just sitting back and reading a novel. Yeah. Yeah. I used the objective testing more to, for just to show the graphs and to try and explain the sound to other people because it's harder to explain something how I hear it. That's like one of the hardest things is trying, it's like trying to describe a color. Like you can't really do that. So I more use the graphs just to try and be like, to point certain aspects out and be like, so if you look at this part, you'll see this. And that corresponds to this part in the song where I noticed this. Less so the actual enjoyment of it was still just me sitting in my room playing music for like a couple hours and just getting to like know the headphones. But it's more the objective part is helpful when you're trying to explain it to someone else. Big props to you for that. I I had to do the same when the uh, LG V10 came out. Mm -hmm. And that's work. That's actual work. Yeah, some of us do that, Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but definitely trying to differentiate it in the review and try and keep your own experience out of that particular section that was a little bit difficult, and that's where I think having great editors comes into play. <laughs> yeah. Something we need, Daniel. Oh, shut up. <laughs> so, <laughs> you just, uh, you watch. I'm not going to edit your, your article tomorrow, uh, and okay. uh, it's going to go live with nothing nothing changed. And it's raw. See how tomorrow, people like tomorrow it. would be me. <laughs> awesome. F-bombs everywhere. <laughs> um, what's so interesting to me about this is that I've always struggled to... More than any other category of product, I've always struggled to review headphones because, as you mentioned, it is such a unique experience, right? Everybody listens to different music. They enjoy different things. Some people prefer a bassier sound or, um, you know, an easier on the ears mid-range or some people 
lean into sibilance and others don't. Like there's just, everybody has different ears. They have different personal frequency responses. And I, and I, I always come back to the fact that like, as headphones have become cheaper and more commoditized and more accessible, it's become more and more difficult to explain what actually is good sound, right? Mm. And what what I enjoy about a particular headphone almost comes down to like needing to convince you that I have the same ear profile as you, or mm. I have the same music taste as you, or that I can objectively hear differences in a codec or an AB test is... I can identify differences in a head in two headphones and an AB test and things like that. And that's kind of why I wanted to talk about lossless so much, because when you remove the source as a potential roadblock to, to hearing issues with the, with the music itself, you then get to experience the headphones and what the headphones can do better. And then you get to talk about amplification and, you know, all digital to analog converters <laughs> and all of these other things that come into play. And, and then there's this whole other world. And Jerry and I have spoken about this so much where you can spend thousands of dollars to get your dream set up and still not feel satisfied. And yet Apple and Amazon and Spotify are kind of marketing lossless as very consumer focused features. Mm. And I really don't think they are. Definitely not. I agree. But what does it cost them? They just flip a switch and now everyone has lossless. Well, they flip a switch and dramatically increase the storage, uh, the size of their catalog if they're doing this to every single track in the library. I'm yeah. sure they're already storing. They're already storing those tracks in very mm-hmm. high quality. It's just, if anything, they're they're spending more on bandwidth. They are, but so are we. And Right, right. Yeah, and that's Am the I other the part only of it. one who downloads music for offline playback on literally every phone <laughs> I ever use? Yes. Yes. Really? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I, go, I mean, like, I okay, until like last month, I was on a tiered data plan. I couldn't afford to stream music, especially the way point. I listen to it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's a really good point. Yeah, that's why you do it. And that's why a lot of other people do it, too. Well, we I don't. also do it just because it makes it easier to hit shuffle on YouTube Music. Because God <laughs> forbid they have a shuffle your library option. Not we're not we're not spending the rest of this talking about how terrible YouTube Music is. I'm not no, letting no. you do it. No, no. I think we should. <laughs> Been there. No, Adam. I, I rag on <laughs> them enough. Fun. I want them to get better. <laughs> I I think I think the the really interesting part here is, you know, it it comes down to like, is this the right time to roll out lossless? Most phones have at least 128 gigs of storage. As Ara said, you can download in in higher quality separately from streaming. So assuming Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon allow you to do that, you'll just be able to specify. I'm willing to bet lossless is going to be one of those things that you can only do it when you're streaming and you can only do it when you're streaming over like X, uh, X quality of internet. Because otherwise, it's it's one of those things of lossless is great. It just also takes up a lot of room. Yeah, but I'd imagine that's that's your choice. True. Like if you if you want to fill up your phone with with uh, huge sound files, just like you can fill it up with 4K or 8K videos, like that's your prerogative. I've got the entire Led Zeppelin catalog ripped in a you know 24 bit. Flack files era. I can just send them to you. You don't have to download them. 
<laughs> What's your favorite Led Zeppelin album? Led Zeppelin 2. Mm. Nice. You know it. You know it. I do. I appreciate it. Um, I have a soft spot for three, but I, 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 hey, I think two's n- the best. You know, none of them are bad. Not even in through the outdoor. Uh, the later albums are, they're not great. But, but they're not bad. They're not bad. You're right. They're not bad. So let's go back to headphones. Adam, you'd mentioned you are well-steeped in over-the-ear, true wireless. What's your preferred method of just like listening to music these days? What, what's, your, what's your headphone of choice? It definitely depends on what I'm doing. So if I'm just sitting at home, it's probably my actual headphones, which are my Sony MDR7506s. They're like cheap production headphones, but I like them. They're super comfortable. And the coil is super long, so I could just sit at the chair on the other side of the room. I like Um, you more and more. (laughs) I'm doing this all to get your approval. Hey, Otto taught me a few tricks. <laughs> um, and, that's and a, that's a very like, flat headphone, though. Yeah, yeah. So it makes it great. Yeah. yeah, I don't want anything extra. I'm fine. I already have bad ears as it is. Concert guy? Yep. <laughs> right I next to the that. speakers. Is it, like, is it just me? Or are you guys also anxious when your favorite band starts talking about going back on the road? And I literally have tickets for my favorite band coming up, and I'm nervous about whether or not I should go. <laughs> right? Like, isn't it crazy? But y'all are vaccinated. Like, vaccinate, I, wear a mask, put in your earplugs, and go enjoy. I know, Ara, but it's it's different. It's just it just feels heavier now for some. I just it's like even though I'm vaccinated, even though I'm gonna wear a mask, I've never I have not been in an enclosed space with that density of people in 15 months. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe it's just that I've been going to Walt Disney World for the last eight months. So I'm, I'm super jealous I'm of that, by the way. I'm desensitized to that. Although it's just so like, I, I don't take off my mask unless I'm like really, really super hot and outdoors if I can help it. Because even though, yeah, I'm vaccinated, it's still one of those things of, there are how many thousands of people around me and how many of these are kids that there's no way that they're vaccinated yet. Mm. Cause and if I see anybody under 12, I'm like, okay, there's no way you have the vaccine unless you lied about, unless your parents lied about your age, which I'm not seeing them doing. What's the concert, Adam? Uh, it's my, well, it's my favorite rapper, Lupe Fiasco. And then his usually he performs with a band. Oh, amazing. It's, um, I can't wait. We were supposed to do it right before the pandemic and now it's coming back and me and my cousins are kind of debating whether we should go or not do it you should i know do it. i, I want to do it <laughs> i miss seeing what's left of jethro tall on my birthday last year because of the pandemic so i would totally go if they came came around again i'm gonna blow everybody's minds i've never actually been to a concert for any sort of like band or musical performer what Never. Mm. I've been to Broadway, and that's about as close as it's ever gotten to me well, going to that kind of a concert. Me, you, and a box of nerds are going to have to go to a concert. <laughs> <laughs> I'm debating go- getting tickets for like a All Time Low or something. I I missed seeing Daughtry last year, but the All Time Low they announced tour dates. I need to see if they have any left for Orlando. I was just going to say you need to go to like Bring Back Warp Tour and go to that because that's like the ultimate <laughs> concert experience. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
I'm really hoping Warped Tour comes back relatively soon. If only. Yeah, I've been to Warped Tour a couple times. Mid did you mosh? What's that? Did you mosh? Yeah, I did. Nice. I had my I had my time. <laughs> I did I did my moshing experience. I used to go to a lot of post rock band uh post rock shows where it it was it was just like like the ebb and flow like there's no mu- there's no lyrics no no vocals to any of it so it's just like those tracks start out really slow like um explosions in the sky that kind of stuff no lyrics just vibes just vibes and then it like it, it just builds and builds and builds and then the mosh starts and then it subsides it's it's amazing i miss i miss shows but yeah, yeah I, you guys I, are convincing I want to I want to go back and I I think it's interesting like a lot of people are doing indoor shows as their first like major post vaccine event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like why wouldn't you try for a festival outside or something? I mean, it's the summer, a lot of them are. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's also yeah. the summer, so a lot of them are just like balls to the wall hot, especially if you're in the southern half of the country. Yeah, I, I, you know, still see a lot of shows at Wolf Trap, which is outdoors, but there's something about seeing a band inside, especially in a small club, that's just better. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You can also have cooler effects if you're inside. The LED and all the projection stuff kind of loses its vibe if you're outdoors. True. Unless it's Tupac at Coachella. Unless it's Rush, because they put up white screens behind where everybody sits. <laughs> They're smart. Well, I guess that was 20 years ago. Shut up, Jerry. You're old. <laughs> well, also, yeah. also like Neil Pert is no longer part of Rush. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's just sad. Anyway, um, I watched School of Rock the other day, which uh-huh. is an amazing Aww. movie. Classic. Holds it up. is. And it made a great Broadway musical. It holds up, and then there's the aspect of like being a parent now watching it, knowing that he basically like kidnapped all the kids to take them <laughs> to a show. And back Just in 2003, I was like, okay, that's 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 fine. This is a comedy. Now I'm just like, oh my god, fuck no. Well, I, I don't him. know. It depends on the show. I'd let him kidnap my kids to go see like the right band. Well, I mean, they were in the show. Well, no, so. he went them to he he kidnapped them to go perform. It was like, okay, we're taking an unsanctioned oh, field right. trip to go per, uh, compete in a battle of the band. So I'm like, that's that's less kidnapping as like joint co- and it's more like, okay, we're having an unscheduled competition. Mm, no, it's still kidnapping. See, I'm not a connoisseur <laughs> of that film, so I was confused. All right, let's let's go back. Let's go back to the topic at hand, and, and then we'll then we'll take a break. But I want to I want to just kind of explore the audio world in gen- in general because adam like you know more than anybody there are so many tiers of this right from the crappy airpod or earpods that come in the box of every iphone or used to to thousands of dollars for you know planar magnetic like open ear odyssey with incredibly expensive amplifiers and all that and and i i just wonder where do you where do you think most people start seeing the diminishing returns or hearing the diminishing returns like what's your sweet spot in terms of price to performance um if it's real well real quote unquote over ear headphones um probably i would say like around a thousand 
If you're paying more than $1,000, they probably sound the same as a pair of headphones that cost $1,000, unless you have extremely particular taste and you're sitting there tweaking things to your exact yeah. liking. But any under, I mean, assuming it doesn't have any other crazy features either, like noise canceling or anything like that, like just strictly headphones. Yeah. And with true wireless, who knows? I don't know. They all sound the same to me. Ah, I love you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that, I mean, that's a good opportunity to talk a bit about the new Pixel Buds. So today, the embargo, we're recording this on Thursday, the embargo lifted for the new Pixel Buds A-Series. I keep calling them the Series A, but they're the A-Series. Um, they're a $99 pair, $99 pair of earbuds that retain the same 12 millimeter drivers of the 2020 versions. They get rid of the wireless charging. They get no. rid of the swipe based gestures so you can't swipe up or down to increase or decrease volume but you can still tap uh it still has th there are fewer sensors inside so it will not do the ambient noise detection for example google added a feature to the original pixel buds or to the second gen ones that uh, if it detects like a baby crying or something it will lower the volume so you can go check on it these no earbuds, it'll raise the volume <laughs> They added something to, to tell you, oh, hey, there's this. But no, like if if you're in a crowded area, it'll turn up the volume to block it out, which is great for me whenever I wear them at Walt Disney World. No, no, no. These <laughs> these have that. These oh, have good. the these have that feature, too. This is that that oh, was they more have like volume. They just don't have the detection. OK. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have the specific detection. I thought Arrow was saying it should raise the volume when it hears. I thought cry. I thought you were just like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I've had three kids. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. I was misunderstanding. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were just but, like being anti-child. And I was like, oh, this is this I mean, is the I new side of you. If we need that. <laughs> it's OK. No. I mean, I'm I'm. I get enough of that from my uh, my kids' daycare teachers, but no, I I I mean this like these earbuds are I think pretty good for the price. Like they get rid of some of the non-essential features of the original. Um, they're a little lighter, but that's okay. They still have the same really nice design. They're super comfortable, and if they, they don't have ANC, sorry, they they fit in your ear well. Yeah, I mean they fit me that's, perfectly. I but mean, yeah, that's that's really the selling point, isn't it? Yeah. And they're they apparently have fewer connectivity problems because they connect to your phone independently now rather than that's that's literally the relay. only thing these needed to do is they just need to not suck for connect connectivity. Because <laughs> mine were great for about the first three weeks, and now I'm starting to get that spotty connectivity, like one earbud will randomly drop nonsense. And for 180 bucks, that's just straight unacceptable. You should wrap your phone in like tin foil and see if that that'll fix the problem because they'll both disconnect. <laughs> Chris Welch actually at the Verge, he said that he still had some connectivity problems. So I don't know if it was just an aberration or if he I, like you know, it's hard to tell. That's that's an and that's that's plagued Android forever. Bluetooth connectivity issues and it's. No, I, I disagree. I've never had mm. issues staying. Like, my Galaxy Buds are but that, that, solid. No, that's, he, that's different. I, I mean, the Android that doesn't pay extra for, you know, better, yeah, no, the, a better the, Bluetooth The mid-range phones. And, like, like, yeah. I, or anything Moto's. made by Google. Yeah. 
They, yeah. That's just, that's an Android problem and it, it's never going to go away. It's been a Linux problem forever. Hmm. I mean, I remember having Bluetooth issues going back to like 2013 and God, I don't, yeah, I think back to like my first or second Moto X. But yeah, like Samsung and, you know, LG back in the day, they, they had fixed a lot of those issues, but Google really, they want to stick to the open source model. So that's what they've got. And it's just not great. I mean, these do, they support AAC and SBC. Like they, they have the same codecs as most Mm -hmm. other earbuds. So I don't think this is a, this is an endemic problem on Android, to be honest. You're saying that like Samsung phones have less, have fewer Bluetooth issues than Pixel phones. Yes, because Samsung's done more than Google wants to do. And Google's reasons are in the right place. They want to keep everything free and open. Well, as open as Google is, but, uh, Samsung, they, they're not constrained by that. They'll, they'll work with Qualcomm and get a little bit better gear with a little bit better drivers. Sure. I, I guess, but I don't have Bluetooth issues connecting. Like I don't have any issues connecting my galaxy buds to a pixel. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it miss it's, I, I wasn't trying to say every Android phone is bad. If that's the way I came off, no, I was wrong. No, no, no. I just think this was a this was a Pixel Buds problem that Google never really solved. Yeah, it could be. And it remains to be seen because a lot of the connection problems with the first gen or the second gen version didn't really show up until weeks later. Yeah, the, the, it's a slow creep. Case. And I'm months, wondering yeah. whether or not that Verge review is just like, okay, maybe he got started on it a little early and the rest of them are just like, Waiting after the review embargo is like, okay, they've written all their words. Now. <laughs> Release the Kraken. <laughs> Adam, what's your take on these? Because 99 bucks is kind of the sweet spot now. We have Anker with their Soundcore line. We have Amazon with the $100 um, Echo Buds version 2. We have everybody sells a $99 pair of earbuds that are mm. pretty good. And Except Apple. Ex- Apple. <laughs> well, you can get the original AirPods for 99 Oh, bucks. you still can? Well, that's smart. I think good. so. I don't know. Maybe you can. Well, we said good AirPods. They're well, not great. Uh, they're, just, right. they're just, they're just, they're good for phone calls. Not, not great for yeah. anything else. Well, also for a lot of these $100 earbuds, don't most of the competitors for a hundred bucks have at least some version of ANC and Google still doesn't? Like, I want to say the Soundcore $100, like, there are, like, $80 Soundcore earbuds with A and C. I would not be surprised. I'm not entirely sure, but, yeah, they seem to have everything. Because I want to say they, uh, I got some, like, Sound Liberty 94 or whatever it was. It showed up in some box around Christmas, and when I went and looked them up, I'm like, oh, these are, like, 75 bucks, and they have A and C, and they fit decently. Battery life is long enough to last through an entire evening at the park. These are, these are nice. I would have expected these to be, like, 40 or 50 bucks more. Cool. Well, see, you got to remember, too, that inside the plastic shell, you know, take away how it fits and what it's shaped like. The same factory probably makes all the parts for every manufacturer. So seeing, you know, every pair of $100 earbuds with noise canceling makes sense. Yeah, I I guess. I mean, a lot of them just rely on Qualcomm. Yep. Hmm. Adam, so yeah, sorry, I we rudely interrupted you before you had a chance to talk, Jerry. Um, oh, a- God. Adam, 
what what's what is your take on, on that on that price point? Um, I like it. I feel like this is what the last ones should have been. If they, had they released the first pair, or not the first with the wire, but last year's model, let's just years forget ago, those. It was. Yeah, the first those don't matter, and I think they want to forget those too because they named it the same thing. But the other pair, if these, if they had dropped at ninety nine dollars, I think it would have been a steal because I would have dealt with a little bit of connection issues six months later at that price point. But whatever they dropped at, I think it was one seventy nine ninety nine or something. That's yep. that was ridiculous. So these, as long as they can avoid those problems, I'm completely okay with them existing. Like, by all means, make it cheaper. Um, I don't really care about wireless charging. Hayato was crying about that. He said it's his favorite feature. I don't really mind. I'll cry about that too. (laughs) (laughs) I never use wireless charging for anything, really. Um, The volume controls is probably my biggest concern just because I use my Pixel Buds for running. So if I can't just adjust volume on the fly, that's a little annoying. But I'd also just take my earbud out if I needed to hear. So if mine break, I'll probably get these just because they're so cheap. And the last pair fit in my ears perfectly, which not a lot of true wireless earbuds do. Will Google Assistant raise and lower the volume of Bluetooth earbuds? Yeah, you can say volume well, up, see, volume down, go. and it'll do That's it. Just... Yeah, I'm not talking to Google Assistant in <laughs> yeah, public. Yeah, no, like, if I'm trying to, like, quickly raise the volume while I'm walking through a crowded area, I'm not I'm not shouting OKG okay, in the middle of a crowded <laughs> walkway. Nah. Siri, turn up my headphones. I did that with these yesterday, and um, the steps are way too wide. So it goes from, like, 75 to 100%. Hmm. It wasn't quite that steep on the originals. It felt like it. I just know from the home hub, you can tell it like set the volume to 55%. You can you can do that. I mean, oh, okay. it's basically just Google Assistant, so it, it'll yeah, it, treat it like any other speaker. It's a total pain in the ass and not a solution. I was just curious. Yeah. I mean, at least these have real-time translation. Thank God. Do they? Yeah. I think yeah. so. And does that actually work now? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> A lot, a lot of this stuff is pretty shrug emoji. Like it's, yeah. it's really hard to tell. I will say, all things being equal, would you buy the Pixel Buds A at a hundred or the uh, original Pixel Buds for one thirty? Now that they've gotten their price discount today, that's a good question. Probably these at a hundred, just because that green is hot. Ah. I will say that green is pretty. <laughs> if the it was blue, it would be an insta buy for me. Mm. I think it's basically. As long as these don't have the connectivity issues, I will recommend these over the the, the originals. Yeah. If they don't, then not, neither of them, because I can't, I cannot recommend the Pixel Buds at any price because they will inevitably have connectivity problems. Like, I don't know anybody who's had a pair who hasn't had at least some drop-offs. Yeah. Yeah, it's really annoying. But have you tried these at all? Yeah, I have a pair here. They're they're good. I I I only got them on Tuesday night because I was supposed to get them last Thursday for a full week to review mm. them, but the shipment uh, to Canada got held up at customs. So of course it did. I only got mine on Tuesday, but yeah, they're fine. I I didn't get the green ones. I got the I got the white ones. All right, let's actually. I want to I want to quickly talk about the WF one thousand XM fours because these are coming soon. We know. They've leaked all to hell. Adam, did you have a chance to try the XM3s? Yeah. 
I think I've reviewed those. I'm pretty sure I reviewed those. If not, I've worn them a bunch. So these are like they fix most of the issues that we had, at least I had with the XM3s, right? These are they're smaller, they have wireless charging, they sound good. Um they just do a lot they they seem to kind of correct what what Sony they basically sold the XM3s as they have really good ANC. And that was it. Mm. And they were comfortable. But they, yeah, and they were huge. They that were massive. They didn't have much <laughs> in terms of IP rating. Like they were just not great all around. The only issue here is that they're like, when Future said that they could be 280 euro, which is a lot. And I'm, I'm wondering like the market for 280 euro slash like $300 true wireless earbuds cannot be that big. I don't see it being that big. No way. Not anymore. No. Not with AirPods Pro being significantly cheaper than that. What are the AirPods Pro? They're 230? 250, 230, something like that, USD. Yeah. So 280 euros, uh, it has to have some amazing noise canceling. Yeah. I just did a quick check. You know, the XM3s are only 200 bucks now. Because I was going to complain the one thing they didn't fix was the price. But that's a whole lot better than... I think they were at 349 when they first came out. <laughs> they were at 349, but they're also they these are now like 3 years old. Yeah. 2 years old. Yeah, you know, but I just they're 200 bucks now. That's surprising. Sony doesn't like to lower their price. I don't think Sony had much to do with a price lowering at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. They came out in October 2018. Or Jeez, September yeah, September 2018. That's why. Oh, yeah, just under three years. Hmm. All right, uh, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and uh, finish up, uh, talk about some of the Huawei stuff and uh, what's making us happy. Be right back. This episode of the Android Central Podcast is brought to you by Codecademy. There's never been a better time to become a programmer. And with Codecademy, you can learn to code on your own terms. Whether you're starting from scratch or learning to advance, Codecademy can help you reach your coding goals. Learning to code might be the easiest way to change your career, especially when you learn with Codecademy. Simply put, Codecademy is the best way to learn to code online. They not only teach you job-ready coding skills, but also help you build unique projects for your portfolio earn certificates, and even prep for technical interviews. I've been wanting to learn to code for years, and Codecademy makes it super easy to learn skills like Python, HTML or CSS, SQL, JavaScript, and more. And if you're not sure where to begin, Codecademy will point you in the right direction. You can get qualified for in-demand jobs in as little as two months, learning at your own pace and your own level. Choose what you learn from building websites to analyzing data and everything else you could want. No matter what your experience level, you'll be writing real working code in minutes. With instant feedback, your code is tested as soon as you submit it, so you always know if you're on the right track. And Codecademy has interactive platforms to help you learn what you're doing. Build your portfolio and get a certificate of completion to make yourself more marketable to future employees. So join the millions of people learning to code with Codecademy and see where coding can take you. 
Get 15% off your Codecademy Pro membership when you go to Codecademy.com and use promo code ANDROID. That's promo code ANDROID at Codecademy.com to get 15% off Codecademy Pro, the best way to learn to code. That's C-O-D-E-C-A-D-E-M-Y.com, promo code ANDROID. All right, so that was a pretty languid first bit of the show. Uh, hope you all enjoyed that. I want to talk quickly about this Huawei Watch 3 and the Harmony OS OS that powers it. Alex Doby reviewed this for us. He said that Harmony OS actually adapts pretty nicely to watches, even though it's basically a fork of Android. Huawei did a pretty good job. Um, obviously, it has no Google services. That's true of the MatePad Pro, Pro as well. But... Adam, from a hardware perspective, like this harkens pretty closely to the original Huawei Watch from 2015 that ran Android Wear, which still to this day sort of is the staple of high quality Android Wear wearables. I'm, I'm wondering what you think of this uh, this new product. This looks beautiful. I'm like looking at the pictures now. It looks really good. It's so sexy. Why couldn't this <laughs> run Wear? Right? It's... <laughs> so unfortunate like just wait four months and put android wear on it although we'd also have to hog tie the uh, u.s trade commission to a chair in order to get them off the list doable adam's on it <laughs> yeah i'm not like i'm not entirely certain that it needs wear though to be honest hey. like i kind of yes, want a smartwatch that is just for fitness so as long as this plugs into like strava or something i'm sold no, nah, without without good app support and without good notifications, we have seen this over the last couple of years, but especially with like the OnePlus watch and a couple of others this, this year, without robust notification support and without a good selection of apps to use on it, it's not a smartwatch. It's just a fitness band in a bigger case. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. Because I was going to say Garmin's usually they don't have great notification systems yeah no but... that's because they, they use an rtos <laughs> thing and that was what the oneplus watch used and that's what the amaze fits use and they all have just crap mm. notifications yeah. and that takes away like one of the biggest reasons to wear a watch on your wrist you know except for telling the time <sighs> who does that anymore i was gonna say hey <laughs> you can get that for so much less than a smartwatch these days like, even if you need something that, like, lights up and, like, does it in pretty colors, you can find that for so much less I than a smartwatch. I just watch. was commenting, you said the main reason for having a watch is notifications. I just wanted to remind you that, you know, they tell time. I actually hate having notifications on my wrist. It's like, one, God, the, whenever too. I get a smartwatch, I turn them off. <laughs> but they're, they make things so much easier for me. That means I don't have to have my phone in my pocket the entire day, especially if I'm working from home. Like, if I left the phone on the couch, then I still get the notification of, oh, hey, somebody's trying to call me so I can get back to work and be like, oh, that's just something from Insta. Swipe, keep working. Yeah, that's a useful use case, but I never get calls or useful things happening. It's just spam emails and stupid notifications. <laughs> I'm going to introduce you to my mom if you want phone calls. <laughs> Do you talk to your mom every day, Jerry? Yes. Yes. E yeah, I guess. Do you not you, talk to your parents regularly, Bader? I do. I talk to my mom I'd say twice a week. That's that's enough. 
tell her <laughs> tell her you love her and you're glad you moved out <laughs> and then you're done that's what i say see before before the pandemic i was talking to my parents like once a day but that was always because just whenever i'm in the car i just call my family and check in because that's the natural time to do it i think it's obviously depends on the relationship but i don't have time like i don't have time to talk to anybody on the phone no that's why that's why i said the car (laughs) oh i'm gonna call you bader 100 times a day (laughs) good good i have call screen on my pixel so that'll be fine (laughs) Yeah, that feature needs to roll out to more. Yeah, phones. Jerry. Because oh my spam. god, Pixel does not deserve to have the monopoly on that. I think some other phones have it now, right? I know one phone that doesn't. This goddamn Samsung Galaxy S10. Spam and it's not just like screaming day. spam calls out. It's like the actual like duplex, the call screening. Like you can tap it and it'll answer the call for you. Yeah, that's a good feature. That needs to roll out to way, that needs to roll out to everything. Because, oh my God, that just makes life so much easier if it's like, I don't recognize what this number is, and I'm 85% sure it's spam, but I don't want to give any attention to it if it is. Click. It's like the best feature. And one of the best, one of my favorite things to do is like answer it on the Google Assistant and then just watch the transcript and see people be confused. (laughs) See how far into the spiel they get before they hang up. Yeah. It is super satisfying. It, it really is. It, it makes you hate phone calls a lot less. Yeah, it's almost like a game. Like, how far will they get this time? And you know, once you use it and get used to it and you move away from it, you really miss it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because now spam callers can spoof your, yeah. um, your postal or your uh, area code. You yep. can spoof your goddamn number. Somebody called me saying, oh, hey, you just called me. And I'm like, no, that would be spammers spoofing my number. I haven't called anybody all week. <laughs> like, this is the 21st century. Who makes normal phone calls to people that aren't already in their address book? Well, people that are selling extended warranties for your car. <laughs> I already have that. Like, I wish I could just say to, like, the entirety of that little spam thing, I already have this service that I probably shouldn't have paid $1,000 for stop <laughs> i don't think i've made a, a random phone call to like somebody that i've never spoken to before um without texting them first in or emailing years. like even if i'm even if i'm like calling a source or something it's something that i i already basically know them and they had to have given me their number to call right but i'm, I'm always saying like hey can i call you before i call them like this is the most off the rails podcast ever Sorry, totally. guys. I love it's it. It's my fault. I, think it's I good. apologize. Yeah, I love it. But I agree. It's like, I don't I don't think I can, I cannot remember the last time I just randomly called somebody who didn't know I was about to call them. I get PR people calling me, though, Ooh. out of the blue. That's that, be- like, that's never awkward, happens for me. Oh, God, that's an awkward conversation. Conversation. <laughs> I don't want to be rude, right? They're, they're being very, they're trying really hard. Right. They got a hard job. But they're like, hey, I have this service that I would love to set you up with an interview with the CEO. You know, they're they're like hawking connected ant farms or something. And I'm just like, I want to I, I want to I want to go to you. I, I, I just want to be like, why? Why did you think that phoning me was going to make me more <laughs> likely to talk to the CEO of an ant farm startup? But if you have connected ant farms and you're trying to pitch them, you can call me because that sounds kind of. <laughs> yeah, I should have just said, Jerry, just call Jerry. He would have he would talk to that. He would talk to you for hours. I'd probably order some too when I was done. <laughs> they send you a free You're sample get so of so many emails Jerry, after this. 
that's the benefit of being in the tech space is you get free ants sent to you in the mail. Yeah. Have you guys seen that? Um, speaking of off the rails, have you seen that TikTok uh, beekeeper person from Texas? Yeah, I've seen her a couple no. of times before in videos. But yeah, it's if they're swarming, they don't have anything to protect. So that's why they're docile. It's I another could great never day do that shit, of saving the bees. I, more power to her. Honestly, it's the most insane thing I've ever seen. Like, and wait, also, what is if it? she gets like I'll even like you, five Adam. or ten people into okay. beekeeping, great because we need more beekeepers because we need more bees. Right. Like I have, without I have bees and without pollinators, we lose our food supply. It's like Absolutely. this. Just to give people an understanding, it's a a woman from Texas who has a TikTok, a really popular TikTok account, where she goes to places around the state, I guess, with bee she infestations. Gets yeah, she gets called whenever there's an infestation. She's one of many people that gets called when there's an infestation. So her job is to remove the uh, remove the colony and take it somewhere that it won't be intrusive. Right, and read like, but she has to find the queen, and she's like sticking her hand into the hive to find the queen. In the last one, she had like a spare queen because the queen died, and she just introduced the hive to the to the new queen, and then waited <laughs> to see whether they would literally kill her or accept her. And they accepted her. Amazing! It was incredible. It's it's like a movie. It's like a one minute movie every time. It's it's amazing. Um. All right. Let's let's move on. We, we have to finish this podcast. We have so much left on the show notes, but I'm not even interested in talking about it. Uh, I've I've a daughter to go and feed. So let's just let's just have fun. We're gonna end the show here. We're gonna go into what's making us happy. Adam, if you're not familiar, we end the show every week with uh, a section called "What's Making Us Happy." I stole it directly from one of my other favorite podcasts, uh, Pop Culture Happy Hour. And it's anything. It doesn't have to be tech-related. It can be just something that's putting a smile on your face this week. Uh, I will let you think about that because I didn't actually prime you on this before I invited you <laughs> on the show. Uh, so, Jerry, we'll start with you. What's making you happy this week? Uh, I got to spend some time, quality time, with my dad. Me and Pops went fishing, and we just went driving up the mountain and, you know, just looking at the trees and wildflowers just you know outside outdoorsy stuff with pops and i haven't been able to do that in ages and it was it was literally the the, the best day and a half of the past 10 years oh man jerry that's incredible and that's I, I awesome how are we going to top that I, I can't wait to do it again so pops if you're listening I mean, the first question is, why are you listening? Why are you the listening second, <laughs> 58 minutes yeah. in? The, the second question is, we got to do this again, man. There's more fish in that stream. Oh, dude, breaking my heart. That was cool. Nobody can compete with that. But uh, Ara, you, you got to try. What, what's making you happy this week? Sugar baby watermelons. Like, I've gotten a couple of water... Like, last... The previous years, I've gone to fruit stands and gotten watermelons and never been super happy with them. And uh, the fruit stand that I go to, she uh, sometimes they have sugar baby watermelons, which are these little, like, basically a little bit larger, like, basically the size of my head, like, small watermelons, which is great because I live alone. I don't need a huge watermelon for just me, but they're also just the sweetest watermelons that you can find, and they're two bucks, and I love them. Oh, my God. They're so cute. I yeah, just they're like a bit too. the size they're of adorable. a cantaloupe. They're yeah, adorable. No, they're small, and they're wonderful, and they are so ridiculously sweet. Are they an everywhere thing or just a Florida thing? Because I, I don't see them up here ever. Uh, I don't know. 
I think that they're in more places. I just know that I get them here, and whenever I can get them here, they're great. So yep. two weeks ago when my mother was here, they didn't have any when we went on Saturday, and the watermelon that we got instead just wasn't great. So last week, this last uh, sat, uh this last Sunday, Saturday, whatever, she had them back in, so I grabbed two of them, and I'm almost done with the first one that I got. So I have a second one to eat if I can't get fresh ones on Saturday. Or if there are fresh ones on Saturday, I'll buy another one or two of those and continue to devour them because they're tasty and they're actually, you know, letting me get fruit. All right. Well, I just learned something because there are many other kinds of what they call icebox melons, according to this, Mm -hmm. according to (laughs) HGTV.com. Sugar baby, (laughs) doll baby, yellow baby, tiger baby. New Orchard, New nor, New Orchid, rather, uh, Cow Sweet Bush, and Bush Sugar Baby. Man, which are, I guess like is a bucket mutant. list. There are different varieties, but that would be more for growers than what you're going to see at a, like, and also, especially, like, it, don't try and find good watermelon in a supermarket. It's not going to happen. If you want to find good watermelon, you got to find a good- You got to own a like, watermelon farm, farmers, wait 10 no, years to ha- grow your- no. <laughs> You got to find like a farmer's market with a good supply or you need to find a roadside stand. Or at least that's how it is in the South. I've never had a good watermelon that came from a grocery store unless it's one of those like huge honking, ridiculously big watermelons. And those are never as sweet anyway. I'm th- I think you're going to have to FedEx me a couple of sugar baby watermelons. Or just send them. They might get seeds. held up in customs. <laughs> and so what? They can grow here in the six weeks of summer that we have, Jerry? <laughs> I can yeah. teach you how to grow stuff inside, man. Oh yeah, hydroponics, man. Yeah, I'll, I'll turn my nursery into a into a grow. I up. mean, of the things that you were gonna grow <laughs> inside, uh, melons are kind of nice because you can corral the vines pretty easily, and they're one of the easier crops to hand pollinate. Right, and you can from make my experience so growing pumpkins. <laughs> your your vine grows one melon. No. Well, your that, vine grows. Well, it, it you, probably only grows can. one at a you, time. You cut it back and you can plant more. You can plant yeah, like 10 instead too. of two and get 10 melons. I'm going to watch a YouTube video on how to grow a sugar baby watermelon. Get, get back to you on my progress next week. I mean, as soon as the Canadian border opens, I don't mind driving a few up. I could stop in Georgia and get you some peaches. The, uh, Deal. The, I don't know. Maybe stop at, Chris, maybe stop at Chris's and get some cherries for you, too. <laughs> you can stop at Wawa and get me a hoagie. You're, you're going to be oh, in a Canadian yes. prison. This will be my favorite, uh, my, my favorite like gift bag ever. What were you about to say, Jerry? So you're going to end up in Canadian prison and you're going to go in there. And they're going to say, what are you in for? You're going to say, I was trying to smuggle watermelons into Canada. <laughs> Why smuggle? Just declare Can't it. Can't take fruit across the border? Why not? Because the fruit flies. Yeah, I, I, I had a couple, uh, I think it was oranges. I accidentally brought an orange across the border and I had it confiscated. And then I had to fill out a bunch of forms about why I tried to bring an orange into the U.S. <laughs> oh my you, God. You'd have to double check, Era, but I don't think you're allowed to take citrus fruit or melons even into Georgia. Yeah, why is that? It's because I never of fruit thought flies. to like find the reason. Really, for the flies? Yeah, Florida's infested with some exotic. We have fruit some fly. very invasive species. Yeah, it's Florida like, man. Mm, some some it. fruit fly from Asia, <laughs> and they don't want it to spread, so they limit. You know, you have to have licenses and permits and everything to transport fruit out of the state. Wow. 
Although that doesn't stop tourists. I mean, it's one of those things if you can't commercially take these things out of the state. But there are people who come here, buy citrus, and go home. Sure, with it. everybody does it, but the, you you know, there's lots of laws that I like to break. That would probably be one of them. <laughs> All right, Adam, what is making you happy this week? Uh, I'm gonna go with the book that I'm currently reading, which is The Wise Man's Fear by Patrick Rothfuss. I've never actually said the name out loud, so I don't know how to pronounce it. But it's a fantasy series. I haven't read fantasy in a while. I've been like for the past two years just reading nothing but, I guess, informational books. And I forgot how much I like fantasy. So I would say this is uh, what's making me happy this week. What's, what's the, the wise man's fear? Yeah, the wise man's fear. It's like uh, the King Killer Chronicles. It's a book series. The first one was The Name of the Wind. Mm-hmm. This is the second book in the series. The third one isn't out yet, but I don't think. Okay, you're that deep in. Do you recommend it? If you like fantasy, yes. Okay. But it is like, it is very, like the main character is pretty much a typical Mary Sue. So it's a little frustrating at times, but. What do you mean by that? Like the main character is good at everything and They're fixes okay. every problem. Yeah. Yeah. So far. Yeah. But, You're like, I had to, man. I, I started reading a book, uh, listening to a book called Red Rising by Pierce Brown, which is another kind of fantasy book. And uh, I had the same problem with the protagonist. I had to stop listening to it. Yeah, when, when there's, a little annoying. When, there's, when they're flawless and they just do everything right and everything comes easy to them, it's just like it's, it's the Neo problem, right? And it's like playing Skyrim yeah. with mods. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I've heard actually Russell Hawley recommended The Name of the Wind um, to me. I bought it on Audible, but it's like a 30-hour listen, so I, I haven't started. Oh, yeah. Yet. It's an intimidating read for sure. I have it on Kindle, so I never saw the book itself until I bought the book. And I was like, wow, had I seen the book first, I probably wouldn't have started reading this. <laughs> I feel like that's a lot of fantasy novels. It's just like, yeah. they're so intimidating when you look at them physically. And this is why I like ebooks, because I don't get to see how big they are until I actually open the damn thing. Yeah, no judgments. Well, I will, I actually, I was going to, do something different. I'll, I'll do two because they're quick. One is um, staying with the book theme. I One of my favorite authors is uh, Michael Chabon, and uh, he's written books called Mysteries of Pittsburgh, Wonder Boys, uh, Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay, uh, The Yiddish Policeman's Union. He's he's pretty well known. He actually, he's a co-show, co-showrunner for Star Trek Picard as well. Um, and he does a bunch, he, he did the Netflix series Unbelievable uh, with his wife Ayelet Waldman. So you may have kn- you may know his stuff without actually knowing him. He did an AMA on our books over the weekend. Uh, super interesting read. I I've, he answered a bunch of questions. If you're into him, I would highly recommend reading the AMA. It just goes through a lot of his career, what inspired him to write the novels that he wrote, how closely he aligns his own kind of persona with his characters, things like that. Um, And then the second thing, my wife and I just binged the mayor of Eastwood, not the mayor of Eastwood, mayor of Eastwood in like two days. It was seven episodes, uh, just an amazing, amazing whodunit. Um, Really well done. Kate Winslet is incredible. So highly recommend that if you're just looking for something to distract you for a few days. 
Is that the one that's like based in Pennsylvania? I yeah, think? yeah, like Eastern Pennsylvania, where everybody, yeah, everybody has a, a really interesting accent that I I wasn't familiar with. You know, guys, <laughs> or is that Western Pennsylvania? <laughs> it one of them places. Um, I don't want to do the accent because I'm going to offend everybody. That's all right. You've already <laughs> offended me. Good. Yeah, that was the goal, but I don't want to offend everybody else. So, all right, that's it. Um, wait, can I do two? Because no, I want to uh, say one thing makes me happy is. Those Sony MDRs with that big long coiled ten foot cord, high five, man! That virtual was, high five. Yes. Well, Adam, thank you so much for being on the show. I know this was probably not the format that you expected. It wasn't the format I expected, but when your computer fails, perfect. That's what I like best. That's you. You, you got to go with the flow. So I appreciate your all your insights. Where can people find you if they want to learn more about what you do? Um, you can find me on Twitter. It's Adam Lucas 17, Lucas with a K. Adam Lucas 17. All right, cool. Uh, you can find Ara at Ara Wagco. You can find Jerry at GB Hill. You can find me at Journey Dan. You can find all of us at Android Central. You should also go listen to the Waveform podcast. That's Adam's podcast. It is excellent. It's hosted by somebody. I'm not sure if you know him. It goes by Marquez Brownlee. It's a little, Might have heard little, of him. little, little known figure on the, in the tech world. Uh, what what's uh, Waveform ranking on Spotify right now? Oh, I think last time David checked, it was nine. Yeah, A- Android Central's right above it at eight. So, oh, yeah, okay. We're, so we only got one. We're giving to go. you some competition there. No, seriously, amazing. <laughs> Congratulations. It's a it's an awesome Please, awesome you. show, and you guys do really really good work. It's very fun. I, I can tell you we're only trying to be as good as you guys. Touch just a very few things. <laughs> he doesn't do the podcast thing, does he? I know. I don't think so. No, no, he doesn't do a podcast. That's my, don't, my job. Don't let it's him. your baby. Just keep him away from anything with a microphone. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for the show. Send us some email. If you hated this episode, I'm so sorry. If you loved it, you're welcome. Either way, podcast at Android Central. Uh, we love hearing from you. We'll be back next week with a WWDC-focused show. We'll go through everything Apple announced at its developer conference, how it compares to um, Android 12. And uh, we'll have some experts on the show to talk all about that. So come back and listen uh, next week. Until then, have a great weekend, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Adios.